0: Welcome to episode ninety-eight of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of ComicBook.com. I'm your host Kofi Outlaw, and with me today, replacing my other co-host once again, we have some fine fill-ins in the form of uh, Megan Peters making a return. You've also seen Charlie Ridgley pretty recently, Hello. and over there in the cut, VIP
1: booth, we'll call it. Mr. Ooh, Brandon Davis ooh, yeah. is with us. I got the bottles on the way in my VIP booth. I'm
2: like, what do I have for some girls get- with like
1: sparklers? Like, you know,
0: what's like
2: that- what do I have to do to get over there?
0: Um, Usually you should start with doing something that makes me need, feel the physical need to put you like further away from me.
3: (laughs) No, I don't shower.
0: I don't shower. I'm just kidding. BD's over there. Uh, BD's over there because like, I mean, we just got to get over there when it's like, he's good for featured commentary. So we just cut, we need a whole BD cam. I don't know if you've seen this site. Mm-hmm. But it works out pretty well for us, so we don't try to change the formula yeah. up now. It's like at the adoption don't try center. To, don't
1: try to punch me and then rub it in. All right. <laughs> no, it's like the <laughs> adoption center. <laughs> like it was like, here, cap, take it, take it. You. Now I'm tickling you. Yeah, I comparing him know. to I told the adoption center. I, I think I've, I've made I'm it
2: pretty par- clear.
1: Par- <laughs> I think I've made it pretty clear. That's what this show is all about.
0: Brandon's
3: in the pound.
2: I'm, I'm, I'm comparing him to like the kitty cam, like that they have at the humane society.
1: Do I come with that song.
2: <laughs> like, Sarah
0: McLachlan? No, we don't have money for that. So, <laughs> that today bad. we got this crew together, and this is some of our uh, comic book all-stars here, because we have a lot to talk about on a variety of subjects. Home we're going to get into the uh, finale and recap spoilers for uh, DC's Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover. A lot of you were asking for that, but we wanted to give people time to get caught up on the DVRs and all that. We also got something new happening from the uh, DC universe, sort of, that has Brandon kind of triggered, so we're going to let him go off on that. Uh, We're going to try to give Charlie a segment to do on the fly and see how that goes. Uh, That could (laughs) crash and burn. But uh, then we got some reviews of things that are coming out this week. The new movies are Bad Boys for Life, Dr. Doolittle, and we have a new game, Dragon Ball Z, Kakarot. Um, We told you we'd be giving you kind of first impressions. Megan's had some time to go through the game at least a little bit in this epic journey that this game is. So she'll kind of break it down for all you anime fans what this game is about, and does it honor the Dragon Ball legacy properly. Um, But first, got to do something administratively in the business. We don't usually try to get too heavy on the podcast. We try to keep it light and entertaining. But uh, there was a big announcement that Dwayne The Rock Johnson lost his father, Rocky Johnson, famous WWE Hall of Fame wrestler. And, you know, we love The Rock on this show. It's no secret. BD actually, like, I mean, it's not a lie to say. You actually know The Rock personally. And are on a friendly basis with him, and The uh, Rock and his family also come from my wife's hometown, and they were like really known in our hometown of uh, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. And so, this is a sad loss for all the fans and everybody who kind of knows The Rock um, personally or has ever met his family. So, since we are fans of The Rock, we just wanted to take a minute and send our condolences out to him in what is surely a time of grieving, and uh, just send him our well wishes and blessings and you know thoughts, prayers, all of that. So that's the heavy part. Let's give it light and get back into this show. We're going to talk now going from uh, the (laughs) real life loss to the losses we just experienced on a fictional level, which does not compare at all. This is a horrible transition, but uh, that's how Um, we got to get into uh, Crisis in Infinite Earths. Uh, The big finale of this DC Arrowverse crossover has happened. Uh, And if you thought, you know, the first few parts had we talked about it when they aired before the uh, holiday season, before the Christmas break. And there were so many fun surprises and DC Easter eggs and especially how it kind of connected and pulled in like virtually like every live action DC TV show from the past or made reference to. We had Smallville references, 90s Flash references, Birds of Prey, 60s Batman, like everything. And we thought like maybe we've reached like peak Easter eggs and crossovers. But no, Crisis on Infinite Earths had some big surprises for us in its fourth chapter and then we got a kind of epilogue chapter that kind of showed us a new status quo and like what the Arrowverse is going to be going forward so we're going to get into like what all happened uh this will be a full spoilers discussion obviously because there's a lot of highlights that are spoilers so if you haven't seen it you might want to skip ahead about 10 minutes Crisis on Infinite Earths is now streaming free on the CW site there's really no excuse not to see it if you haven't so just go over there and check it out but this will be a full spoilers discussion. So, uh, the story for the end of Crisis on Infinite Earths was, I mean, the story-wise, it was just kind of hokey. I mean, I was like, trying to follow half of it, and I was just like, okay, sure. Like, the anti-monitor, anti-monitor wiped out everything. There was a whole mission through the Speed Force that they had to connect with memories. I don't know what that was about. Then they had a fight in Limbo, or the birth of the universe, where they kind of defeated the Anti-Monitor and made a new universe, but didn't really defeat the Anti-Monitor and had to have one final fight with him. Uh, Oliver Queen died for the uh, eighth and time, I believe it is, as the Spectre, after he sacrificed himself to help uh, restart the universe, kind of to, you know, buy a little time of fake defeating the Anti-Monitor, I guess. Um, And that all went down. But the biggest thing that made headlines was in this whole kind of weird speed force sequence when basically uh the surviving paragons dc heroes that were like these paragons of different aspects of life and honor and truth and hope and all that stuff kind of have to use the speed force to get out of the kind of limbo they're in which is basically nowhere i keep mixing up the franchises in my head between guardians of the galaxy's place like in a celestial head and and uh dc's legends of tomorrow's place outside of time but um I don't go for, like, really, like, things that are about, like, memories and jumping through memories and stuff like that. All that surreal stuff is not my favorite in superhero lore. But thankfully, Crisis on Infinite Earth brought, broke it up with an epic cameo wherein Grant Gustin's flash ran into none other than Ezra Miller's flash from the uh, DCEU movie and Justice League movie franchise. And uh, yeah, Ezra Miller made an appearance in DC TV in full Flash costume from Justice League. And he had this kind of really funny, crazy, um, surreal meeting with his other TV counterpart that was very meta and very fun with the two of them kind of riffing off one another. Um, And it sent fans into like a geek-asm. Like this was a big surprise and uh, pretty, pretty uh, shocking. Because I think before this, all of us would have been like, There's no way that DC movies would ever touch the Arrowverse with a 10-foot pole, like, Mm -hmm. at all.
1: But this is also a safe way to do it. Like, it doesn't disrupt anything from the movies necessarily. Mm -mm. And it's really exciting. It's fan service, like, at its best. Because it fit here perfectly. I mean, it makes sense for this to happen. But it also doesn't have an impact on the DCEU if the Flash movie ever actually happens. And it also kind of just goes to show... How much higher quality the movie costume is than the TV costume?
2: I mean, I like I, I was going to comment on that because when the, you see like, them next scene. to each other, huh?
1: When you see those two costumes next to each other, yeah, I don't well, like, particularly it, like either of them to be
0: honest. I just
2: like how they when they were like touching each other. Wait, that sounds weird. Like their costumes and stuff. Yeah. Like um, Grant Gustin was like, "Oh, it's so a high quality," but Ezra Miller was like, "Oh, yours is comfortable." Yeah, <laughs> like let's first like yeah, mine looks cool, but it's also like no. There was super, a lot of great
0: meta stuff in there. Yeah like, yeah, like it was
2: great. But I will say, I thought. I mean, going off what uh, BD said, like, it's smart, but also if all the characters in the DC uh, movie universe right now that need some publicity, it's The Flash. (laughs) Because, like, Aquaman killed it at the box office. Wonder Woman sequel's coming out. Um, I mean, conversation with the Batman is what it is, but, I mean, Batman's having a new movie coming out. We'll figure out Superman at some point in time. Birds of Prey, Harley Quinn's fine. But we still don't have The Flash movie. (laughs) Like, it's been forever and so to have ezra miller kind of come back then only helps service the the arrowverse or yeah, what it was Jim but Viscardi isn't here but he was really ezra. feeling
0: himself he was yelling that like uh, he was yelling that everybody said that ezra miller was done as the flash and there was no way he'd ever show back up in the franchise and
2: yeah i mean it yeah. doubles down on the fact that exists
0: yeah it's yeah. just
2: it doubled down on the fact that ezra is a great Pake for that character. I mean, I I've always loved him there, and he just pulled it off again in the short amount of time we've seen him. So my only complaint is I would just like more of him, but that's conversation um, for a different time.
0: It is funny you say it's safe, but that I mean, now that this scene happens, there's been all kinds of tinfoil hats that people have built about what this scene means and like how does it connect possibly to the Flash movie because there's some specific. Like, really strange things that they chose to put in this scene. right. Yeah. Like, the fact that Ezra Miller's Flash doesn't even know the name The Flash, yep. yeah, until he gets the idea from Grant Gustin, which is like, but he also references Vic, which is obviously Vic Stone, cyborg.
1: Um, that he, that
0: that, that's what work. I was gonna
3: bring up, like. Man, poor Ray Fisher. He <laughs> can't even get but on yeah, CW.
1: I bet they would have used Ray Fisher. They don't have the money like, for that anymore. You cannot. You Dude, cannot computerize yeah. that costume. That's true. And if they you filmed this like a week ago. Yeah. Like they filmed that's this true. so last minute. There's no way that that's I mean, true. I'm sure Ray Fisher would have been game. Um, oh, yeah. no doubt, hundred percent. But 100%, yeah. that's what I'm saying, yeah, you can't. There's just the only no way. way he to had that cameo
2: is if he'd been in like the shadows with the hoodie on, and you just saw red light from his. Yeah, like that's the only way they could have afforded. Yeah, if you just want
0: to, just like a tracking line for this, you can tell where the budget kind of ran out when in the end of this, like they didn't even bother to transform Martian Manhunter anymore. Oh yeah. He was, he done.
1: was just like, no, nah, I'm just gonna stay like this and fight like this. It was ambitious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This whole thing was very ambitious. It was yeah.
2: ambitious, especially for whatever their budget might've been. I mean, this was the, if this had played out on the big screen and there was like all this lead up to it, like, damn. would have Yeah, good. no,
0: This was, I mean, this was one of the, I mean, as a culminating experience for the Arrowverse, this, as somebody who's kind of stuck with the franchise all throughout, yeah. like this was immensely satisfying payoff. The yeah. question
1: I mean, now that I have is who's gonna do something with the multiverse in the movies first to kind of take advantage of DC? Has DC should do a Crisis on Infinite Earths movie and well, just take and that's advantage of the thing. Of and that's where the tin foil has they've come done. Out.
0: It's like, why, uh, yes, this is a fan service scene, but why add all this other weird stuff, all these other weird details to it? And so, some people are like now speculating. That this could come back and would be fun, actually, to have it come back around in the Flash movie where we get, like, the other context for what's happening. I mean, like, because because they
3: said the Flash movie is going to be Flashpoint, but not how we're expecting it. exactly. And so I think that, like, that leaves a lot of room.
1: Yeah, for exactly
0: what it, you're it could saying. Be really cool,
1: but my, what, I'm, what I'm getting at, I mean, I think it could be really cool. Like, DC has it right at their fingertips to do something like that. I don't think they're going to anytime soon. But, I mean, it's like you. there's two opportunities to do that. One with the Spider-Verse, which we talked about on the last podcast, which would bring back the old Spider-Man stuff. Or with the DC Universe, you can connect and you can, like, acknowledge this continuity cluster f- bum fuzzle that it has become and say, like, all right, well, the Robert Pattinson is Batman in that universe. Ben Affleck is Batman in this universe. Michael Keaton was Batman in another universe and like bring these actors back even as many as you can, not as main characters, but as little supplements for people who like the story, which this just really did like a lot of these cameos and stuff weren't main story threads. They're just there to be like, Oh, I know that I'm familiar with that. That's cool to see again. And you can do that in the movies, and I think it would be sweet, but you have to keep, you know, that Ezra Miller then becomes, like, one of the main characters, whereas Grant Gustin would then be the supplement. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I also
0: also think that Flashpoint, or Flash, is going to do a lot more. I don't think they'll do a whole kind of multiverse thing initially, but I think yeah. Flash will be the thing that opens the door to that and simultaneously sweeps out all the stuff they don't want still there. Yeah. It yeah. kind of does double work uh, of doing that. Think um, about all the
1: things Grant Gustin's Flash could have just told him not to do because like, he could be like, dude, don't even bother trying to save her. Just, it's not going to work, bro.
2: Yeah.
1: But then we wouldn't get the movie. Like,
0: I would <laughs> like love how it- that
2: warning applies to more than just one person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It applies exactly. to every person almost. Yeah. yeah
0: just- I would love it if we found out that this kind of sets the stage for us finding out that, like, the Flash we meet in, in the movie isn't the Flash from, like, the DCEU we thought we knew like, that it's a different version of him. Kind of similar. <laughs> oh, it's
1: another alternate Earth, but with Ezra Miller? Yeah, and, and he already
0: knows, Miller. like, in he already knows Vic Stone, there's already a Justice League, it's a Justice League with, like, we don't have to deal with the same actors, it's different, and it's all about him kind of discovering or even kind of coming up against all the other stuff that came before, and... Becoming more aware of that, or just dealing with all of that and straightening it out. Yeah, the only I just, problem, the only I just problem just is getting
1: a Justice League form in like a unanimously beloved yeah. film. I that would I, I agree. I that's, that has to happen. Like yeah, they have to I agree. And like even if like we, I mean, we argue about continuity all the time. Even if they keep doing this thing where the movies don't really connect, and eventually they just put them together somehow, that's fine. I just want to see it, see them all in a good movie together.
3: That's the issue you run into when you talk about Crisis or Justice League, like. DC's biggest successes have all been standalone things. Yeah. You know, and and it's it's hard to then say... That well, the it's because they was, can
1: make the standalone things without relying on the other thing, right. whereas they rushed into these things and I, the studio I agree. got involved. I, I agree.
3: I'm and I mean, saying, I
1: liked know. watching Justice League because I was excited to see these characters together, but we all know that that movie is what that movie is. But I mm-hmm. I thought it was just entertaining as a fan of these characters to see them together in live action. That was enough for me to enjoy watching it the first few times I watched it and now it's just doesn't hold up.
2: Well, I mean, there's been this like overarching conversation for like year I mean over a decade now since the MCU's been at it doing their own like multiverse, like not multiverse, well kind of sorta now, but like connected cinematic universe and like how DC could differ from it because they can't or they shouldn't ideally be like an exact copy of one another. And I think a really smart way for DC to do it is to hop around. They prove that they can do it with the TV shows. So like have these standalone shows, their narratives I don't think necessarily need to interact with one another until they get to a team up and then they can decide if they want to change the narrative to be a conjoined one or to split it out again. It makes it more approachable for people who don't want to follow the narrative. Cause like, the MCU does kind of necessitate you follow these 20-plus movies to understand an overarching story. It'd be nice if, for instance, whatever the DC films does, you can watch Flash and Wonder Woman, but you don't need to watch Aquaman and whatever other movies come out to be able to watch the inevitable Justice League.
1: Right. and I Yeah,
0: I mean, and so far that's worked on the Arrowverse, um, Supergirl, Black Lightning, all that stuff was separate. And it was really cool to see them all come together. And uh, we should probably touch on before we move on, like, yeah, that the end of this is... When they made this new universe, now all the Arrowverse shows are in one universe. Like that's yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, it's totally different. Um, yeah, Supergirl's Earth has merged with the Earth that has uh, Arrow, Flash, and Batgirl. Um, Black Lightning's now part of that Earth. Like, and so going forward, we're going to be dealing with a whole new Arrowverse essentially. Yeah. Where and this is kind of another conversation I want to end on, but um, yeah, it's also worked in. And we, I mean, this crisis confirmed that also the DC universe shows. Are taking that approach like they all exist in their own earths one of the montages at the end of this is like what are all the earths that are still active in this franchise and they don't just do the arrowverse they do the dc universe shows too so you see titans doom patrol uh star girl gets revealed for the first time um and you see swamp things who looks like the saddest like loneliest person sitting in the rain i know that was so so good
2: Ah, but it was so sad
0: sad. he's just sitting alone on this bank on this rainy earth by himself no one cares we'll never see him again
2: has to be a commentary (laughs) yeah
0: um, and so like, yeah, they're not connected, but if they ever come in together, if Doom Patrol ever shows up in Titans again, you know, all of that, like, what does that mean? That's going to be mm-hmm. cool. Um, was Joaquin Phoenix's Joker in it? No, <laughs> I'm just
3: kidding. Good. No, <laughs> just no. <laughs> but, um, right so now. <laughs> now the question is,
0: do we care about the Arrowverse? Do you think this, I mean, cause for a lot of people, this could be an easy hopping off point, even though they do something cool at the end, they form a justice league. They actually form like a real Arrowverse justice league, which yeah. is. If you're Steve, if you're uh, Stephen Amell, you're probably going to be like,
2: awesome, because they, they were like, they did wait, that what a are we going to do?
0: What are we going to do to form a Justice League? They're like, is there what's standing in our way? And it's just like him. this guy.
2: <laughs> he also that was Killed a really terrible all. death. <laughs> like, yeah. that was that sucked. <laughs> it wasn't the best
0: of his eight. Like, yeah, he yeah. he was he's had that a lot was of a Solid in the
2: show. seven. That was a solid yeah. seven, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, like so. he's had a lot of deaths in the show, and this was not the best.
2: Yeah, it was not great. So, yeah, but. I don't know. Well, say I think that for, in terms of the Arrowverse, though, I I mean I care, I'm invested, but it, I will be interested to see what their next initiative is yeah. when these when these shows are kind of like reassimilated uh, to yeah. this new universe. And I feel
0: like now they're banking on Arrow's done. People are getting tired of the individual shows a little bit. I think a lot more of these "we're all in the same universe" stuff is going to be what you see going
2: yeah.
3: forward. Yeah, that's why Legends has been so fun from yeah. the beginning.
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: Legends always has just. Been but
0: all right, one. if you guys have uh, any more stuff, we got to move on. We spent a lot of time on Crisis on Infinite Earths. Uh, but uh, check that out let us know what you think and what your Arrowverse plans are going forward uh, we're going to take a break but when we come back we're going to talk about a couple things that are happening in the DC Universe <laughs> Aquaman franchise and we have all these reviews to get to as well so stay tuned for that
2: worker of yours
0: all right so we got a bit of news sorry charlie we're gonna probably cut your segment for on the fly uh for time here but uh it was just thing it's about the peacock service so we'll probably get into that next week when we have uh all the information but it's a lot coming out about this new nbc peacock service which is very different from the most of the services we're seeing now, like Netflix, Disney+, Plus, Hulu, HBO Max. So you want to be sure to check that out on comicbook.com, TV, uh, movies, wherever we have it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but we found out that we were getting a new Aquaman project, and for a second, we were all excited. And then we weren't. And, uh, BD, I felt like you felt the most betrayed by this whole thing. We're getting an Aquaman miniseries coming to HBO Max but explain to us the premise of what this show is going to be, BD. An animated
1: show, first it, of all. And it's okay. about... First
0: of I'm all. I'm
2: going to ignore that slide. Continue. It's
1: animated, which is okay. Like, that's <laughs> cool. But, like, is Jason Momoa involved? Probably not. Is Amber Heard and Willem
3: Dafoe involved? I am almost not. guaranteed Jason We'll see. Will be it's only three episodes, so maybe they'll three do it. episodes with only voice work is how you get them involved.
2: Jason Momoa will be involved. Amber
1: Regardless, <laughs> <not>. it's about <laughs> his first day as king. And that's it. Like he's probably just going to get drunk and like punch people. Cause he's, that's what I think he would be doing. Uh, I don't know. Throw ocean master in a Atlantean prison cell and go have a beer. Cause that's what that Arthur Curry would want to do. Uh, I don't, I bet that's
3: not what they're going to do, though. Uh, they're, uh, in a show.
2: I feel like.
1: I mean, obviously, it's not what they're going to do in the show. I don't really care. Like, am I going to watch it? Yeah, sure. If it was in live action, hell yes, I would watch it. Animated could be cool. But I just
0: loved how fired up you got about when this came out. You were like, what? And, and it is fair because, like, as I put in the show notes, like, is this what you're coming with on your streaming service? Like, Disney Plus is rolling out actual MCU shows. And you're like, so we got more Aquaman for you. Remember billion dollar Aquaman. You want to see his first day as king? We'll animate that for you. Here you go. And it's like yeah. those two things do not compare. No. Yeah. If the theme song is Pitbull's Africa though, I will forgive it. The,
1: the uh, Disney, we'll it's hard to compete. That. It's hard <laughs> like it's I think it's hard to compete with Disney Plus on that front just because Disney owns so much IP. Yeah. Yeah. But that said, and and also they have a lot of IP that's just rolling hot. I mean Star Wars not necessarily rolling hot, but The Mandalorian was damn near perfect uh and and marvel is just so popular that you can roll out anything and there's going to be a built-in audience that's excited and dc aquaman has a built-in audience but the dceu is not as
2: well i guess unified it
1: would be the word for it and you give us an animated show at best like
2: well well, well, well first is hbo max going to be available in china like, because that's my question, because a lot of money for Aquaman came from China for yeah, that $1 billion. I, I have no, I don't know. So like I, I don't it's know. interest points. I'm curious where that demographic spread lays. The other question I have is, why are they going to focus on Aquaman for this? And if they could have saved it and possibly tried to have done a live action thing and instead for HBO Max, but like a 10 minute preview of Wonder Woman. <laughs> like, well, I'm not. There's quite-
1: And there's already so much really good
3: animated DC content.
2: Yeah. I, yeah, I think
3: that works toward it, and and that's that's the thing. With one, I mean, you're talking about the IP. I think that HBO Max does not have the IP that Disney has, but people, we all already pay 15 bucks for HBO. I don't. So, I, I, mean, don't. I mean, I mean, a lot of I people. Do not. Do. I mean, just. I mean, I, you're the only one a of lot us, of out of Yeah, four. thank you, HBO are <laughs> <laughs> literally the only one on this panel right now. <laughs> 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 I mean, HBO, people pay for HBO. It, it thrives. One person does. On since Game of Thrones. Us, us? no. I, mean, I understand. But someone pays for person pay person pay it.
1: I'm the only person here who didn't watch Watchmen, but I haven't paid for HBO since Game
3: of Thrones. I'm just saying a lot of people still do. You might be an exception, but a lot of people still do. A lot of people don't. You're giving it a lot of credit. I'm just saying you've already got, if you're going to have HBO, oh, and then for the same price, you can also have all this other stuff. That kind of helps sell itself, and when you're talking about Aquaman, it, it does feel a little. You like, mean to tell short? me you
1: think you're going to reach a mainstream audience with a with an animated Aquaman no. show? No, 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 no. You're, you're no, going to reach not, the DC fans, no, which is great. No, no, no. That's a there is a lot no, of that's a lot that's of people. What I'm getting, at. but there are
3: different quantities I of a lot. I don't think the goal is to with that specific project reach a big wide audience. I think that there are more so than these other movies. There's a lot of time between Aquaman and Aquaman Two. We we are waiting a long time between these two movies. Here is a way cheaply to keep that going, keep people excited as you know that the time passes and help bridge the gap between those two movies. And that it gives us that opportunity and I mean, set yeah. the stage for yeah. like wherever Aquaman two picks up.
0: Yeah, and yeah, I mean, and, and better be. than a prelude comic, I'll
3: give it that. Yeah, and with suck. Yeah, with the MCU unless we're oh, talking
2: Rise of uh Kylo Kylo Ren wren
3: yeah <laughs> the m c u
1: I'm throwing shade at Marvel Prelude comics they always are
3: the cool. m c u shows the reason the m c u can do that and thrive is because of the amount of characters that they have and d c doesn't have that built up yet mm. i think the d c could do that but like you DC know, has a lot of characters. I mean, already. in the in the live action movie, universe. Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman. You're not going to put them as. But Cyborg, I'm saying, Flash? Are, are we getting? Are we I getting mean, a Captain Marvel, like Black the CW, CW Spider Man TV show? Yeah, like the
1: CW I mean, We're not. I'll stuff. happily take an, a, a live action Aquaman show. That'd be way but, cooler.
3: But, but they're not going to do that because that's one of their staple characters. that are saving for the movies, and the budget is too big. What I'm saying, with the we're getting MCU, a Moon Knight show that can be. Cheaper than an Aquaman movie. That Aquaman movie I'm was expensive. I'm not talking about budget. I'm not talking I, about. I know, but, Mo- but I'm Moon Knight saying, could I, be a top Knight, tier
1: character in the MCU. Maybe,
3: but it's. Uh, what do you, what but are you thinking? It's, me that face not, for it's it. not Captain Marvel. It's not they Black made Panther. Iron Man, it's not Spider Man. It's not Doctor Strange. They did, and that established that. But now, what they're doing with the shows to start is taking the lesser tier characters from the movies, the ones we all really love. Not, like mean, Sam and Wilson. they're also
0: filling in gaps between. Right. That, I agree with but like that. They're not, that get, they're not giving point. us the
3: biggest yeah. top tier characters from the movies on the TV shows. They're saving them yeah. for the movies. Well, here's my thing that, I mean, the seed, what I'm interested in is the CW has tried like
0: things like the CW seed, that online thing where they drop a whole bunch of animated series that you've probably never heard of. Everyone from like the Ray to uh Vixen Vixen player. to like uh Deathstroke or is that on Disney or DC Universe right now? Anyway, there's a bunch of these like animated shorts, but they're never really been acknowledged as mainstream. They've never been focused on even the DC Universe animated features used to come with like shorts that were pretty good. I'm interested to see how that audience still there for a very popular DC animated wing of the of the brand. that translates on a streaming service Uh, i don't think it'll i don't know that'll be a success i think they're testing the waters and they're using something big and recognizable to do it but i'm gonna be interested to see what the reaction if
1: it was was any of their characters that they have introduced in the movies in a live action three episode miniseries it would get more subscriptions than an animated show would. i mean oh absolutely absolutely. no No, doubt right no
0: doubt i'm not disagreeing with you on that i'm saying i think they're testing the waters on how the their animation brand will function in a streaming platform. Yeah. I mean, and this- that
2: makes sense because HBO Max has put a sizable amount of money into animation. They have Crunchyroll wrapped in, they have Toonami Adult Swim and they are I mean they they got the entire Studio Ghibli library to stream, which I don't even want to know how much money that cost. Studio Ghibli is expensive, and they have never done that before. So I mean, the streaming world is coming HBO down to what properties
1: interest. do you own? Yeah, exactly. Which major franchise can you put on your streaming service at launch is what it's coming down to. Yeah. And Netflix is being the one forced to create all original stuff because yeah. they don't everything went to Disney and Warner Brothers, and some of it went to Peacock, I guess, because Universal, right? That's universal. Yeah. So yeah. they might have like Fast and Furious stuff on there. How long until we get a Fast and Furious TV show? But my th- th- also another thing for me goes back to we have this conversation. We talked Star Wars, where if it's not in the movie, it shouldn't count. And I was hesitant with Disney plus doing all these Marvel shows thinking, Oh, this might be overdoing it. A lot of people aren't going to watch these because it's like save a lot. Like it's not movies anymore. So you're going to have a lot of gaps in people's knowledge. And then you have different conversations and it's going to be a required thing to get the full experience, which changes it. To go from a live action movie to a live action TV show is one thing. To go from a live action movie to an animated TV show is a whole different thing. And I think if it's, it's gotta, you have, like, you're just changing your consistency of it. And I'm not, like, I'm gonna watch this Aquaman animated thing. I'm not super hyped for it like Charlie appears to be,
3: which is fine. I'm not, I, I'm not. But I just, I just don't, I think it, to me, it makes sense.
0: Well, the bottom line, all I'm good. saying is, I don't think this is a good play. And I don't think the purpose of this play is for the Aquaman DC brand to build that universe. I think it's to test the waters of the animation side more so. Yeah. And they're using a popular brand from – that they have to yeah. test those waters. I mean, having it's like just rockets, weird. That I'm, to
1: me is weird. Like, it then just, it, oh, just weird. What they're doing is they're not just making an animated yeah. thing because they already have tons of animated yeah. content. They could yeah. do. They could bring back Batman the animated series, do more stories there. Yeah. But they're relying on a very popular movie yeah. to yep. test the waters on that. Yep. So it's that's like, nice. all right. So then, are we going to get a Shazam animated show next? Are we going to get?
3: If we might. takes off. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we might. Shazam is the only one that I can see being a live action show, and that's where it's like. But the, I, w- don't do both. Do what, like what? Then I don't know what even,
0: they're gonna do. So let's not get too far down the rabbit hole on this. But <laughs> would, I, just, I mean, I'm
1: just happy to be getting content in general. I'd be, I'll, pr- like, I'd like to point that out before everybody starts crapping on me for whatever reason, because that's all comment sections like to do. But I, I'm gonna watch this and give it a fair shot, obviously. And it'll be really cool if they bring the voices of the actors back. But I w- I would just like consistency.
0: I mean, it is well documented your consistency Boom. things. But I'm proud I, I, you're you're starting I, I, to loosen I, I up. I like, would like you. too. You're embracing this like Morbius Spider Verse thing. You're starting
1: to loosen up. I like it. So Morbius changed my mind on that. There we a go. A little bit. BD
0: is an evolving person. Bit. All right. <laughs> so we're gonna deep dive into some reviews this week. Um, uh, everybody on the couch has one to do. So I guess we'll just go in order of the couch. I'll start. Uh, I'm here. I'm gonna review Bad Boys for Life. I'm gonna give you a spoiler free review because I want you guys to go out and see this. So. Bad Boys is coming back. It's been thirteen years since Bad Boys Two. It's been much longer since Bad Boys One in nineteen ninety five. Um, so
3: seventeen years, I think. Two thousand three. Seventeen years, is it? Yeah. Oh, long, God. it's been a long time.
0: Oh God. Oh, what did I say? Thirteen years. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh yeah, two, God. Oh three. I get it. Oh, it's been seventeen years. All right. So <laughs> there you go. Even longer, man. Uh, I feel so old. Anyway, that's a good jumping off point because the theme of uh, Bad Boys for Life is, yeah, everybody gets old and you can't bad boy forever. So that's a kind of general theme. And uh, this movie was made not by Michael Bay. It's made by uh, two guys named Ideal and Bilal um, who have done like music videos. They've done episodes of Snowfall, which is one of my favorite shows on TV right now. And so they take over the reins, and people like Joe Carnahan, Peter Craig do the story for this. And because Michael Bay's not here, there's an actual story to (laughs) this movie. Um, And that seems to be what people are connecting with the most. There's a lot more drama in this than any other Bad Boys movie in terms of the character interactions and how serious it is and how meta it is with Will Smith and Martin particularly who are both aging in very different ways. Like Martin is aged and obviously doesn't look like a movie star anymore. And that's not a knock on Martin. I mean, that's just a fact. There's a lot of people in this movie who show up from the franchise since it began. And you're like, wow, time is crazy because you remember, especially if you've watched the first two recently, you'll see this one and be like, Holy crap. Like people age. Um, And so Martin hasn't aged uh, like nearly as movie star fashion. He's not really in the limelight anymore. And so it adds this meta layer to what Bad Boys for Life is about because it is about his character kind of speaking to his real-life experience while yelling at Will Smith, who is still, like, in movies. And there's even jokes about, like, what dye he uses to take the greys out of his hair, like, when he does movies and stuff. Um, like, I know you dye, you use this dye chestnut to you know to hide all your greys. And he's like, what greys? Like, blah, blah. And then later on, there's a scene with him, like, in full greys. Um, so... All of that is kind of really makes a strong emotional core for bad boys for life. Uh, and while the directors don't do like action scenes as big as Bay, they still have a kind of cool style. They do a very video gamey kind of style. So there's like shootouts and the camera swings and it like swings to this corner of the room and you watch this character play their little scene and then it swings over here and then like... You see that, and so there's still action. There's still a lot of economy, comedy. This movie is full of like callbacks and Easter eggs to the franchise. Familiar faces, even like minor faces show up um, in some key places that are really hilarious. Uh, people involved in the franchise show up. like, And so there's all of that fun to it if you're a longtime fan of the franchise. If you're a new fan, then this is just a kind of good, aging, buddy cop story about two guys. Um, and it's a lot less... I'm trying not to say anything because there's so many twists and spoilers in this movie, surprisingly, that I don't want to give anything away, including how it plays and, and the pacing of it is not how you might expect. But um, it does a kind of good job, even though it's a slow burn, and that's my one criticism of it, to build up to that old bad boy swagger again with Mike Lowry and Marcus Burnett when they finally get back in sync and they're, and they're going to go and kick some ass. Like, it's a slower burn, but it's worthwhile because there's actual, like I said, emotional core and drama to this. And then when they get back into the swagger, it's really good. Uh, The really kind of fun thing about this installment are the new additions, uh, the Ammo Squad, who are these younger kind of, you know, millennial tech-based cops that are a special unit in Miami. And they're really great additions. And they riff with Martin and uh, Will Smith very well. And that team is like... Vanessa Hudgens, um, Powell and Nunez, if you watch the Purge season two, who was like a breakout star of that. And she's going to be like a, she's a, going to be a pretty big star right up there with Anna Day Armas, this Latin takeover that's happening. But um, so she's like kind of a foil for Will Smith and she's great in that. Um, the kid from I forget his name. I'm blanking on his name. I knew it just a second ago. But the kid who played Cato in The Hunger Games who's, like, Um, yeah, he's uh, huge. He plays, like, a huge guy, but because of some backstory stuff, he no longer, like, does any SWAT stuff, so he became the tech guy, and there's, like, a whole line of jokes about how this huge dude is just the tech guy in this team, and, like, Marcus is always yelling at him, like, to get up and do something. Um, Yeah, and the whole squad's very good, and they riff very well with each other, and they are so good about giving Martin and Will Smith crap and doing that whole back and forth that they're a good addition to the team. And, um... Bad Boys in the end kind of does leave the stage set for there to be more. And I think this movie is kind of the Fast and Furious of it. Uh, It's better than Fast and Furious, but it's that kind of weird, like, we came back. It's been a long time. Nobody thought we were going to do this. Here we are. But, you know, how movies are these days, there could be a future. So there's even a button scene. So be sure to make sure you see that. It's not too long in the credits or anything. You don't have to wait. But um, at the core of it, Martin and... Will Smith still have their chemistry. It's interesting to see somebody besides Michael Bay try to infuse this with some heart and soul. Um, and even though it's kind of a slower-paced movie than the kind of non-stop action jokes, action jokes, action jokes of the first two, uh, it's a kind of a more meaningful story in a weird way, especially when you get to all the meta stuff. So um, I was really worried about this film, but I'm going to say it's my first pleasant surprise of 2020. I'm hoping there's more. So I would say go out and see Bad Boys for life. All right, so that does it for me. Megan Peters, take us through Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. If you guys also want to see Megan play the game, then we have a playthrough video that's hot right now on the site. Be sure to check that out. But uh, Megan, should we be buying Dragon Ball Z Kakarot?
2: So Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, the countdown's on. It comes out January 17th. So, yeah. So, hey, go buy it right now. Pause. Come back. After you bought the game, you can get it digitally or in stores. So I've had about, um, five to six hours with the game so far. This, I will go ahead and let you know it is a long game, but before I get in further, it's a good game. Like I am going to be completely honest with you. I played this game early at San Diego comic-con this summer. Um, I got in early and they just said, you know, play for like, as long as you want until someone kicks you out. So I just stayed there for like an hour. Um, and I wasn't sure how I felt now, both as a huge fan of Dragon Ball, but also as a fan of just kind of like RPGs, like that's that's my place with gaming, um, it's really fun. It's way more interactive than I thought it would be. And so for any of you who are listening who do not know what this game is, uh, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot basically is a um retelling of the dragon ball z anime and you get to play as all the characters and when i mean all the characters i mean all of them (laughs) like everyone shows up from the the series that you remember um so obviously you get to play as goku gohan vegeta you name them they're there um what i think is most interesting about this story um And I'm by no means a gaming expert. I'm not really great at games unless it's Animal Crossing and then I will destroy you. But it's an easy game to pick up, even with fighting. I'm not necessarily great, but it feels very cinematic in every way you play. It's the cel shaded artwork um, that you should be familiar with from a lot of anime style games, as well as the Dragon Ball Fighters, which came out a couple years ago. Um, so it looks great, it feels fantastic. There's a lot of cutscenes, so even if you're a complete newcomer to the franchise, if you're just looking for an epic kind of story driven RPG to play, like this is a really good one to buy into, even if you aren't obsessed. With Dragon Ball, like you can catch up with the story. It does a really good job of keeping you up to pace with what's happening. But as a Dragon Ball fan, for any of you who are listening, the best part by far is the story. Within the first 30 minutes, I was already reconsidering the way that I have viewed, for example, Goku and Gohan's father-son relationship. Like, it's a big joke. Like, Goku Are they going to kill
0: my Piccolo jokes?
2: Yeah. Like, they're gonna, they're trying to kill your Piccolo jokes. Can't retroactively
0: joke. make Goku a father.
2: Yeah. Like, within the first 30 minutes, you get some really interesting moments of conversation between Goku and Gohan that make you realize, like, there's so much, like, father-son relationship there that we never saw in the anime because the anime had a very quick narrative to follow. It didn't go into the nitty gritty. Like, I guarantee you in the anime you never saw Goku and Gohan go apple picking. (laughs) But that's a submission in here that you can do if you want. And so if you're looking for that story that you never got in Dragon Ball Z. You can find it in this game. And since the creator Akira Toriyama did supervise a lot of this game, a lot of this stuff is being considered canon to the Dragon Ball Z anime. So it's been a really great way to kind of pick apart new stories. If you're a fan of the franchise, it's a touching story. If you're not a fan of the franchise... Plenty of gameplay. It's smooth gameplay with good camera controls and melee options. Um, So, so far, I'm really satisfied. Uh, From what I understand, people are playing upwards of 60 hours in this mainline game. and There's updates to come. So, I still have a lot more to play, but, like, I'm legitimately excited to go home and play it with my cat. Also, my cat loves it. Bonus points. Sounds like if
0: your father's been neglecting you lately, and uh, I know that pain, I can go and play this game and get
1: some fulfillment.
2: Yeah, for real. Yeah. I'm not
1: very good at RPG games. Like, I'm just not good mm-hmm. at, I don't know. Maybe Is it the my, role? Is it the playing? Is it the game? It's my, my. I don't know. Maybe I'm just not smart enough to, like, keep up with all the leveling up and all the different, like, so, some games just really have a lot to it. And my attention span when playing yeah. a game often calls for Modern Warfare Online or Rocket League because it's 10 minutes long and I don't have to level stuff up. As somebody who's not that great, at I feel RPGs. like that's BD speak for like I got to be able to play it when I've had a few. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, yeah. will I will I enjoy this game? Because I mean, I liked Final Fantasy X. That's probably the last RPG I played all the way through, and that was, 15 that, was, years ago. Yeah, that, and was that was a great one. Yeah, and that was very cinematic one to be fair. Yeah. It, well, yeah, and so that's what it sounds like to me. You're t- like some awesome cinematic moments, a lot of cool. Like,
2: yeah, the cinematic moments will definitely get to you. And I'll be honest, I love RPGs, but I do not do any of that stuff, like leveling up or like board additions to up my stats for defense yeah, or special. You're too attacks. busy
0: leveling up in real life, baby. Yeah. I don't <laughs> I don't
2: do that. Mainly my point is I want to see the cute stories and go fight someone. Or play the fishing so, game. So but you
1: can you can kind of just like you don't have to yeah. be diving into these
0: like no, level boards. No, 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 You can just kind of play the game. I've,
2: I've been making really steady progress. Yeah, no, and thankfully, I don't do that. That's
0: one good thing is like, God, I hate old man outlawing myself, but like back in the <laughs> days, like they have I, I love RPGs have softened up that like you can be a lot more free. Yeah, you free can't Freedom even like stop right here. I'm just gonna stop right here and stop for a minute and yeah. like go away. You don't have to be locked into like a maze or a dungeon for three hours yeah. before you can get out and yeah. No mom! I'm like three quarters of the way through. I yeah. gotta kill this boss. I can't start this over. Like yeah. so a lot more low pressure in RPGs. Yeah. It's things.
2: very freeing. You can be fighting Vegeta and then you can be like Hold up! I need to stop. There's a robot over there, and I feel like punch and get in the face. So you can, I dig you, that. You get okay. that freedom. So I'm
1: probably getting this game.
0: I think Megan's pushing this because she just wants more Dragon Ball writers for anime, and like this game looks like a quick, <laughs> quick, Help. like starter course. Recap for like, to the a, rescue. Yeah, video yeah, game. yeah.
2: Basically, this is shorter than you watching the entire series, and
1: probably better and more streamlined.
0: So the freeze
2: fight. I went back to watch like long.
1: original Dragon Ball stuff. I think it was on Hulu. And I, I couldn't. Uh, it's
0: rough. It's hard if you're not invested. Yeah. It's, it's really the
1: weird. I, 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 I watched through a bunch of it. has not held to the year. test
2: yeah. of time.
3: Yeah. It gets, and a lot of it can get really weird and funny. Oh, yeah. It, it is, system. if you watch it close, it is, it can be problematic. It's really yeah. funny. Yeah.
2: I will just say this because it's not, and I'll go quick because I know Charlie has his review and says so Brandon, but there is a adult community board. And I'm not going to tell you what that means, but when you think of somebody talking about adult, Community board. Is it
3: a Mr. Roshi? In no? anime? And
2: it has to do with Excuse Mr. Roshi.
3: Excuse me? Oh, of course it
2: does. So Master Roshi, adult community board. You can imagine what is uh disgusting.
3: R- Roshi's. Yeah. I don't know.
1: Uh, I honestly don't know.
0: Roshi's a, I mean, anime has a proud tradition of having pervert likes, characters. Uh, and He's like an old man pervert character who loves young girls with things. big boobs and stuff. Yeah. He's like, he's really crazy. He's Goku's like mentor and master.
3: He's the little guy that lives like on the, in the island with the turtle shell. Long white beard, sunglasses. Yeah, that's um,
2: um, Brandon. As you can see, <laughs> this is all. I like know who you're talking. We should about. have
3: a whole segment, of Brandon,
0: just learning what Dragon but, uh, Ball is. That's this is gonna a be... lot. Uh, do I, I, just, have to I watched a lot of the original Dragon do Ball. Do I have for to
1: review time. something? By the way, no, you're okay. good. You're good. All right. No, uh, no I I we got to soon because she said that, and I was like, I didn't do the
2: homework. I was trying to psych you out. You did. You would have
0: jumped right into
1: it. You'd have been. It'd have been great.
0: But no, we are about to come down to the end of time, so we're gonna end with Charlie. Charlie's been a champion of seeing all kinds of crazy movies for us lately, and uh, you went and took the bullet for Cats. Um, which, well, the weird thing oh, is, while is that we're here, why was you taking the bullet for Cats? They have nine lives. Well, here. <laughs> wow. Okay, here. Since My Charlie's here, Charlie's got a couple twenty twenty. I told you so's so he gets to get out of the way. We oh, yeah. said that next time you're on, you could do this.
3: Um, the the could, Cats will not wait until it actually becomes a called hit.
0: Well, it's becoming a cult. They did a major article about
3: how it's
1: becoming a stoner cult.
0: Yeah, it, like it was in the stoners. Washington Post, or
3: New York Times. they are just or something getting where they're ripped on edibles
1: and going
0: to
3: yeah, see cats, taking mushrooms and seeing cats. And how it's yeah. like soon phenomenon.
1: as soon as there are flights to Mars, I am on the first one. I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I mean, it is. <laughs> I'm out. Cats uh, is wild. And then New
3: Mutants was the other one. Yes. That's right. New Mutants. I, I was. I, I've been excited to just. I came on the shot. It was. It was a couple weeks ago. Yep. We all it was, talked. It was right before they said it was coming out in theaters. Not. It's to be theaters. It is definitely going to come out. And everyone was said. Everyone in the office told me I was crazy and it's coming well out of we here. told you you're
0: crazy and it shouldn't you were I am, wrong i am opinion. crazy that's one a of those things thing. is still true
3: but it right. is coming out yes and that's the weird thing about this cats and Doolittle is that i'm the i'm you the thought one who Doolittle plans, was good no uh, i'm, the one, who, to that. I'm, I'm the one that that's our one that well oh, it's weird god. because i'm the one that plans i don't know, with him. Him. I don't, I never know with him <laughs> that's why i love charlie on the show oh my god! i'm the one that i i help coordinate you know who writes what review and i've Two reviews in a row were Cats and Doolittle, and they're two of the most bananas movies I've seen in a really yeah, long time. Yeah, but sometimes time.
1: you go see things that are bananas, and you're like, it was so bananas that it
3: was good. No, I said that I enjoyed it. Stop beating Charlie up. Let's hear what Doolittle. Oh, th- like. I, I, then, Cats, then we can Cats beat him is up. terrible in okay, the right. absolute best way. Doolittle, not as much. Um, Doolittle is the weirdest kids movie like I've seen in years. Um I'm, I don't care about spoilers because no one should care about spoilers in this movie. <laughs> um, like, it starts with Robert Downey Jr. talking to animals, which is the premise of the movie. But in the beginning, he's actually talking in animal voices. So it shows you that he. So he's like like chattering at a squirrel and like barking at a dog. Like and Eliza stuff. Thornberry. He's full on. And then, and then it kind of turns and you watch him talk to – and they all have the voices of people. Because that's what we needed, a grounded little movie. Um, oh, my God. It is so – oh, my God. It's so crazy. So – I'm just gonna say a couple things that happened in this movie and you'll understand what I'm talking about. So, um, and uh he puts his head underwater to talk to an octopus to find out what happened to the queen because she's been poisoned. Um and the <laughs> octopus says in subtitles snitches get stitches, right man. Um, there is a a very flirtatious and suicidal dragonfly voiced by Jason Mansukis, <laughs> who is like the crazy guy in every uh every sitcom that you watch. Um <laughs> And amazing. he is he's upset because he's he's trying to make a deal with his ant gang and the ant dude's being like a god the godfather where he's like, You come to me on my daughter's wedding, and oh, then he's like, Wait, your daughter's getting married, and you find out that the dragonfly was dating the ant guy's daughter, and now he's so he's upset because she's now engaged to a scorpion baby. named so- Jeremy, I think. And then the, his whole arc, like he's only in a couple scenes, and like every other scene that he's in, he like is upset and like kind of trying to kill himself. <laughs>
2: Why am I it's laughing? It's crazy. I sound awful. The movie is funny
3: because it's so weird. Um there's a cl- there's a big fight scene where the, the gorilla who's voiced by Rami Malik um oh, is like really timid and they're trying to get him to fight. And so the Emma Thompson parrot is like, kick him down there. And then like it's the gorilla like kicking a tiger in the crotch, and it's like all slow motion and heroic. The weirdest thing about this movie, though, is its climax, like its final, what you think is going to be a final fight. There's, You know, there's a dragon in the trailer. So, this dragon is guarding this seed that they have to get because they have to take it to heal the queen. Um, and
0: <laughs> 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 if, oh, if, right? if the queen, if the queen, dragon, if the queen yeah. dies, <laughs> if
3: the queen dies, Dr. Doodle loses his, his granted land. What? It's crazy. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, at one point, the animals like force him down oh, and and give oh him anesthetics God. so they can cut his hair and beard. Like Ugh. they like drug him. Ugh. But this 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 climax scene of of this dragon, you think it's gonna be this big fight to get this dragon, and then like you realize the dragon's mad and grumpy. And Doolittle, being a doctor, is like hold on. And then like the whole climax is him like he opens up the dragon's butt. <laughs> And like you see the camera facing him like he's looking in and he starts pulling stuff out like armor and skeletons and a bagpipe. And there's a big dragon fart. Dude, this movie is crazy. It's one of the most insane things I've ever seen in a theater. And like the dragon butt thing was way too much. But some of the bits made me laugh a lot because they were so like like the dragonfly thing. I truly was like belly laughing. It's a bad movie, but in a way that like. It, you just It's just crazy and funny. And I mean, this is why I love really it, Charlie, because this now, is, n- now... Every no, single minute no, of this is now, what happens in this movie. not only
0: do I want to see this movie, but I want to make like everybody in the office sit down in the movie and maybe we should do like a whole episode just reviewing this movie. And, and I, I, like, is Tom Holland's the sweating dog, sweating and at one and point yeah, Tom I'm like... I'm crying right now. Like, <laughs> Tom so Holland like, like, but butt scoots out of
3: there. There's a big back and forth between John Cena, the like polar bear, and he's Nanjiani, the ostrich. They have like a rivalry, <laughs> and, they, and they become <laughs> bros at the end. Just, and then my favorite so. character is a squirrel. That's I think I can't remember. It's I think his name is Kevin. He's voiced by Craig do, like, Robinson. Shower, yeah. And the movie <laughs> oh, the movie God. starts with like this young boy on a hunt with his uncle and his cousin and he like doesn't want to shoot this bird but the, the this uncle the was like you have to, say to shoot the f
1: word on the podcast you have to <laughs> yeah, shoot this what thing he, shoot, <laughs> what he misses, f- on,
3: what he misses on purpose around? and shoots this what? squirrel and he feels bad and runs to try to find the squirrel help and finds dr doolittle it's the very beginning of the movie and he asked dr doolittle help him save the squirrel and the whole rest of the movie craig robinson squirrel Wants to murder this child for, ki- <laughs> for like trying to kill him. It's so, like the kid jumps and like the the squirrel like hopes he dies and like he's actively talking about murdering this child. Oh my god! So- it is, is it happening? is the craziest <laughs> what movie. Is like I can't. Right now. I, 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 in my can't. review, I said I wanted to compare it to Cats, but that wasn't fair because at least even at its worst, <laughs> this movie has a coherent story from beginning to end. I don't it feel has, that
0: way right now.
3: It, <laughs> it, it, it like the overall story makes sense. It's bad, but it at least makes sense. I feel like a gas leak
1: sense. in the studio. I
0: we are
3: all leave. just slowly inhaling. Hey, why are we surprised? Downey I've once played
1: the guy seen. who was controlled by a dog's soul in a courtroom. <laughs> well, I don't remember what movie that was.
3: Wait, it was Downey that did it.
1: Yes, where he he leapt out of the the thing in the courtroom and like licked people and stuff. I don't remember, but it's crazy. Uh, And like this is this is his
3: post endgame thing. He produced it, and the director the um, it was the director of Syria,
2: yeah, uh, Syriana, Syriana.
3: That was a weirdest. The writer director of Syriana wrote and directed this movie. Um, it it is it's it's a crazy like amalgamation of all these weird things because at some point it's just it's just a a fart joke movie, and sometimes it's trying to be a serious story. It's wild in the. In this the is craziest like a ways. movie
1: that you would have seen a preview for Wild. This is, Thunder was already right. playing. This is yes, the movie you know exactly. what I mean? like those yeah. What, what
3: like yeah. to th- like this. This movie is about fifteen years too late.
1: Like this is yeah. this is this is not Robert Downey Jr. No, this is Kirk Lazarus. Yeah,
3: these are the movies that we, you know, our generation like grew up watching on DVD. Like no, I, th- no, no, I, I think never of, like, watched
1: a movie where an, I mean my favorite it, it, goes, it goes it goes crazier. But I mean Jazz. I mean
3: the movies that we can look back and we know are bad. I never saw anything like Kangaroo Jack or. Uh, the Haunted Mansion, Doctor Doolittle, the original Doctor Doolittle, or the, maybe the sequel, because the first one's pretty good. Eddie
1: Murphy's Doctor Doolittles were not like this. They weren't. Yeah, they weren't. It.
3: They weren't as insane like this. But in the in terms of where you see it and you're like, this is a bad movie. But it's I kind of Those enjoy it because cute. I watched like, it as a they kid. Were fine. This is just sounds insane. Wait, it's insane. I'm just I'm just saying movies that. You can look back and know they're bad, but you enjoy them because you watched them when they were young and they were kind of a part of what you watched. The it's also different had for kids. Play I think it's different animals. for kids now because we have Netflix and all that yeah, stuff. I'm concerned so many about kids now. If this is like the movie. They're this is that kind of yeah. movie where it's like they're
1: going to go to the zoo and start. Oh,
3: this this just, movie just stop that is so so crazy. What I was going to say not be good from anime conventions. But if oh, you no. you were talking <laughs> about the, him playing things when he had a few. If you've had a few and you have someone to take you to a movie this weekend where you're not driving. Go see um,
1: Bad Boys for Life. Yeah, go see I mean, Bad, bad boys, boys for Life.
3: But also, I mean, this'll, don't you'll this be entertained. is a close second. people to
2: spend this their money on that. No, this we this that When we get a free theater, copy of this, theater, this theater
0: per, we're going to show this exist. to the office to I, see what the I, mental effects are on AMC people. and Regal both have subscriptions where you don't
3: have to pay for every movie. If you got a theater subscription and you guys All right, two hours to wrap kill, this up. But, it's uh, crazy. And I think we could sum this, this up is by actually saying a
1: fever dream that Tony Stark based, had when yeah, he snapped his fingers. Basically, based died. on
0: everything that Charlie Ridgely just said, we now understand
1: so much better. Why Robert Downey Jr. has been saying uh, I might come back as Iron Man? <laughs> Jesus. The post credits—they should add a post credit scene after the first weekend where he's like talking to Bob Iger.
3: <laughs> so, all right, we got to wrap it up there. That's our review of Doolittle. Uh, Charlie, how many stars would you give it? Um, I gave it I, because we can't do half stars. I would have given it one and a half probably. I gave it two because the lowest we can give it is a one. And I was just entertained enough that I. All right, what I'm talking to about. She two loves so bananas. Two. Two's fine. Two.
0: That's fair. I it, gave it, a bad, bad boy three and a half. I laughed because I I rioted and tried to rebel against our system, but they made it a four. So. That's our ratings. That'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. If you're just getting into the show, we put up new episodes every Wednesday, every Friday, where you can subscribe to our RSS feed and get regular updates on the show. Or you can subscribe at your favorite listening platform. We're on uh, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Google Playlists. Or you can go to the comicbook.com YouTube page and find uh, videos of every episode up there as well. If you are just getting into the show, you can also hit us up at the hashtag comic book nation, where we can uh, talk about anything we talked about on the show. You can let us know your opinions or whatever you want to do. You can find me at Kofi Outlaw.
2: I am on Twitter at Megan Peters CB.
0: And I'm at Charlie Ridgely. And BD, shout it out. Everybody knows you anyway, but shout it out.
1: What up, comic book nation? You can find me at Brandon Davis BD. All right.
0: That'll do it for this episode. If you guys Megan, want to you have leave have us- one key
1: word to say as soon as this is over. Don't yep. mess it up. Yep. Kofi, continue. Sorry.
0: Uh, that's all right. If you want to, because I had to think about my next thing anyway. So, if you guys want to get some free t-shirts, leave those five-star reviews on iTunes. Next week, when Janelle is back, we will be uh, doing some more uh, review reading. So, be sure to tune in for that, because if you want that free t-shirt, we need that five-star review on iTunes. Otherwise, that'll do it. This is Comic Book Nation. We're getting out of here. Peace.
2: Deuces you <laughs>